Hi everybody, it's Gene Simmons, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, but you knew that. Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly D. Hello, it's me, Dr. Fuck with... Oh yeah, the Ayatollah Alcoholic Ian Wadley. Hi Ian. Hello. What's shaking, baby? Oh man, uh, I'm not shaking my beer because I don't want it to blow up in my face, but I'm drinking a lot. I'm feeling good. Yeah. Pretty damn good for a Wednesday. Fuck the liver. That's right, fuck that liver. Whatever do for me? Nothing. Nothing. So, anything exciting, like, you know, reviews and shit? Yeah, dude, I'm telling you. I, I may be almost a bigger atheist than I am an alcoholic, uh, but I know what works being raised Catholic, and that's shame. And shaming the listeners into believing reviews work, because we have two amazing reviews this week. Right on. Two amazing ones. The first one, in fact, is so amazing. It's a five-star review entitled Amazing Podcast. Yeah. And this one comes from DJ Sadistic One. And he says, and I quote, Ralph and Ian are true podcasting geniuses. I enjoy every episode you put out there. Been listening for a few years now and always look forward to the next episode. I'm blown away at the vast knowledge Ralph has in a blink of an eye. He has such a personal connection with music and his experiences at shows or meeting with members of bands we all love. Ian is around the same age as as I am, and I can relate so well with his introspective view into music. Ah, he likes parental guidance. (laughs) Not much I can say that hasn't been said in a review besides... If you are reading this and you have not tuned into an episode, you should do it now. Scroll through the episodes and find an album review that strikes interest within you and hit play. I'm certain you will be hooked and start back into episodes at episode one and binge listen. Ralph and Ian, keep up the great work and the history lessons are always enjoyable. Thank you. Wow, that's really awesome. I really like that one. And uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense because... You know, the people that really like our show, they're like, man, if you guys review a shitty album, I want to listen to it anyway. You know? Right. If I hate the album, I still got to listen. And he sounds like one of those people. And and he makes a lot of sense. Like, listen, you know, just scroll and find an album you like uh, and listen to that one. And then you're going to be hooked and want to hear the other ones. But uh, I wish he would have said, uh, scroll and don't go to the Terrence episodes, <laughs> you know? Just scroll till, uh, well, well, where, where did Terrence leave? Episode 25 or something? Uh, I think 17, maybe. All right, well, scroll down to 18. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't go past 18. And, uh, <laughs> you know, because I, you know. Yeah. Well, like, like I said, though, a million times, though, look at those, th- you know, uh, I think Terrence is on half of our top 10 episodes. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it's directly, you know, because of Terrence. Then you have to put 
the age factor of the episode. It's been around longer, so more people listen to it. But, man, a lot of people go back to, like, Elder and In Through the Outdoor as some of their favorite episodes. I know? just think that people get hooked quicker without Terrence. And then when they get hooked, they'll go listen to the Terrence episodes. That's what I think. Well, there you go. All right. Well, that, thank wait, you. Wait, 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 wait. What's the guy's name again? DJ uh, Sadistic One. DJ Sadistic One, thank you so much. Very informative, killer review. I liked it. I'm touching my my, my chin. Right yes. Going, very very great. Yeah, I'm going, hmm, that was very good while, while stroking my chin hair. That was very good. Yeah. But and we got another good one. Uh, this is another five-star review. Maybe this guy will make me start touching my balls. Yeah. This is entitled Best Podcast Going. Oh, my hands are down my pants. And this is by Mick Wildride85, which I know already because yes. he sent me a text. This is Mick Watkins. Yes, uh, Wildride, his band. Yes. Uh, and his review says, and I quote, I've been listening to this podcast for four years now, and week in and week out, they always deliver on a consistent basis reviewing new-slash-classic hard rock-slash-heavy metal albums. Ralph Vieira, who is like the heavy metal Yoda, yeah. is, is wise and educated with his 40 years of following the rock metal scene. Ian is the metal Rodney Dangerfield, always <laughs> adding humor with his funny-as-fuck one-liners. These dudes are the real deal. One of the things I enjoy is their backstories on how they discovered featured albums. Listen and crank the fuck out of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. <laughs> you are the Rodney Tr- Tr- Dangerfield of the show because I give you <laughs> yeah. no respect. No respect, no I respect. I give you no re- And it was funny because uh, I do a live feed but uh, for people I don't know. And, you know, I- I'm talking, talking. To- Dude, my-, my live feeds go on so long I get hoarse. And uh, one guy wrote, uh, <laughs> he goes, dude, I love your live feed. It's like talking to Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> and I, this is the second time I heard the Yoda thing. Yeah, I'm proud to be old. There you go, man, you're fucking old. Yeah, but dude, I saw everything uh, that you didn't see, and I'm going to outlive you and dance on your grave. I mean, how fucked up is that for you? But thank you, Mick Wild, Mick Wild Ride. Yeah, hell yeah, and, and, and thank you both uh, Mick Watkins and DJ Sadistic One. Uh, those were two awesome reviews we got to read in one week, and, and I say keep them fucking coming, man, because I, I love reading this shit, and uh, we really appreciate it. And check out Wild Ride. It's with a Y, W-Y-L-D Ride. Yes, They're the greatest docking, Midwest docking band in, in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and they got an actual singer. Yes, <laughs> that sounds better than Dokken. Well, shit, uh, come on. <laughs> Lead us but, too. But uh, but thank you. Those are those are great reviews, and uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, I love them. Both of them were two, two one, uh, a chin scratcher and a ball ball fucking caresser. Hell yeah. Wow. All right. Well, one other thing I want to talk about is the Rock and Pod Expo 2. We're now it's about three months uh, till the expo, and 
man, there's so many amazing guests announced, and there's a lot of guests that are still yet to be announced. And not only uh, guests, but uh, bands who are going to be performing. We're having a pre-show the night before the expo uh, with, with two great bands, and then immediately following the expo on Saturday, there's going to be a whole nother concert. So there's all kinds of great shit. More shit's going to be announced in the coming weeks. But I have noticed the last couple of weeks, uh, haven't seen as many donations. And please, we really need this because this thing's getting so big, it does cost money because the bigger the guests, uh, you know, we've got to pay for hotel rooms and cover to get the people that, that, that are going to make this an even better experience. Besides meeting us, which is reason enough to go just to meet Ralph and myself. Uh, what an be... ego on this guy. I know. I, I give know, him right? no respect. I give him no respect. <laughs> no respect. I'm going to go see my doctor. You know my doctor. Dr. Vinny Bumbats. Uh But, uh, but man, we really, we really need your guys' help, man. And, and if you can contribute, man, now is the time to buy an episode. Uh, you guys so far have really been liking these fan-picked episodes, but uh, hey, there's probably still that album that means a lot to you that you can get us to review. And even if you can't afford that, uh, you know, to pick one or to guest or to pick that really weird fucking album, uh, man, for 10 bucks, not only gets you admission to this thing, uh, if you can make it, but it also gets you access uh, to the all these special episodes that you're not going to hear anywhere else, not just from our show, but from other shows. But what we have coming up, I know we've been a little bit slow, but it's coming. We have an episode featuring, you know, exes of uh, the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. You know, people who've been on the show before, maybe we're on the outs with them, and we're going to do some interviews. That's going to be a real special interview. And also, I'm going to break my, you know, my current rule that is fuck Kiss and fuck all you Kiss fucking nerds. We are going to do a Kiss review that you people love so goddamn much, but you will only have access to this if you donate $10 or more. And I will tell you, not only will that Kiss up will be a Kiss episode, but it will feature Bill Wing and another special guest. So that's something you're not going to want to miss. And oh, just to, just to you, even yeah. spice up the pot, I think I'm going to pick a good Kiss record. You know, at first I was like, let's do a real shitty one. You know, uh, you, you know, because it's not going to be an official episode. But I'm like, no, let's sweeten up the pot. Let's do like a like a Kiss album, like all Kiss fans fucking love. Rock and, and roll and, over, baby. And, and some people are going to want to hear. But you are not going to get this motherfucker. Unless you donate ten bucks, and what the fuck is ten bucks? And it's never gonna be aired like in the future, like oh, and all is yeah. done. Well, you know, we'll put it up. Yeah. No, 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 it'll never. Like you'll never get a rock and roll over episode on the actual, because that's what we're gonna do, dude. Oh, that's what it's gonna be. Okay, and that's the one that everybody loves. Okay. We'll do oh, that fuck it, one. I'm down. We'll do that one, and then everybody's gonna want to hear that because you're never gonna get, and it's not gonna be a YouTube exclusive. Nothing. Right, yeah, fuck it, man. Uh, I mean, we got to do what we got to do to raise some coin for this motherfucker. Well, well Ian, Ian, to raise coin, I'm bringing out the big guns. You ready? Yeah, do it. <laughs> you need to be quiet for this. Okay. Now is the time to donate to the Rockin' Pod 2. 
a new love, a new love that's true. You got to donate, you cannot wait. Yes, do it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Money's gonna be rolling in, bro. Woo! Listen to the melodious voice of Mr. Ralph Vieira. That's right. Courtesy of Strikers. Yeah. Plus, remember, we got to beat the shit out of Decibel Geek in those donation tolls. <laughs> we have to we have to come in number one two years in a row. Yeah. I hate doing that. I, I hate beating the fuck out of them. They're so cool. Yeah, they're so nice. It hurts, but it's 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 for the good of the expo. Yeah, and then our egos. Well, I, come on. Not, nothing will fray all that. Yeah. I, I mean, you already had an ego, and now j- just riding your coattails gave me an ego. Well, what's his you know? ad? What's his ad shit? Had what? He just said you had an ego. What the fuck's ad? Oh, oh what no! That I, mean when it comes I, I thought ego? I thought I said have. I'm drunk. No, no, he said had, dude. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, you have it. You're so braggadocious. I, I got, I got, I got, I got to fucking bring out the big guns when it comes to bragging about my. My awesomeness, because I guess, you know, <laughs> you're here saying had, like, if I stopped or something. I'm sorry, your ego's only growing. And by the way, uh, I want to say something to e- Ian's ego. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you. It's because of me, he has one. <laughs> yeah, no respect. <laughs> no respect. All right. Rapping well, a- wildly, he's out in sight. <laughs> All right, well, now it's time for the news, and we're going to do the biggest news. We're going to out-news the news, because right now, the biggest thing, everybody's talking about uh, this Roseanne shit and Roseanne getting canceled. Fuck that. We got news that's even bigger than that. Thank God. I don't want to talk about that shit. I know. Well, the good thing is the Rock and Metal Combat podcast has got picked up by ABC. We're going to get our own show now, because... They loved a tweet that I did about what a lesbo whore Andrew Jacobs' wife is. And they're like, finally, a tweet we can get behind. Uh, these guys seem funny, and they can they can bring America together. So, fuck you, Roseanne. You're out of there. Rock and Metal Podcast, we're coming to ABCs. They're probably going to put us like on a, you know, a Friday night time slot, you know, which is death. But we're going we're gonna to do it anyway. All right. Well, let's go into the the metal news. And uh, this coming right out of the, oh, my God, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that shit file. uh, Anthrax drummer Charlie Benente says, I think this one might turn out to be the best one. Oh, God. Talking about the new Anthrax album. Oh, my God, did I hear a lot of that shit about that For All Kings album. And I, I'm one of the biggest Anthrax fucking nutswingers. And well, my fucking, condolences, pal. Right, and you like that album better than me. Yeah, I uh, like it. <laughs> yeah. That shows and, me how much you didn't like it. And I'll believe it when I hear it. But I'll tell you this. This is what I want out of Anthrax. One of the best vocalists around, Joey Belladonna, behind some good fucking thrash music. Not no fucking, yo, we got to keep up with the vol beats. I, I want to hear some fucking blast beats. I want to hear some fucking thrash. Uh, I hope they do it. I'm excited. I'm getting ready to see Anthrax. I don't know if it's this month or next month. I think it's the end of this month. 
Uh, my first time seeing him with Joey. Uh, and Testament, who I fucking love, is opening up. Uh, so I'm excited about that. It'll be my first time seeing Testament with uh, Steve DiGiorgio on bass. Oh, that's uh, always good. Yeah, amazing. I mean, I mean, I, I, I wish, uh, you know, Craig was there, but fuck, you know, I'm, you know, Giorgio's fucking amazing bass player. So uh, what a show, man. I'm looking forward to it. I might do a meet and greet. Uh, we'll see how the funds is, but uh, I, I, I think I'm, I think I'm going to do it. Now uh, is the time. To donate to Wadzilla to get the meet and greet show. Yeah, no, 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 none of that money goes to me. Oh, okay. No, none of that. My no, bad. I got, I got, I got to fucking get out on the corner and sell my ass to make money for that. You donate that. That all goes to Chris Sinzak to go get a meet and greet package with fucking uh, uh, Bang Tango. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, and that's not a lot of money. Uh, Selling your ass for money works for me. Let's see what else we got here. I'm looking for some new stories. We got. Well, have... I don't. I don't mean to bring down the episode, but uh, let's all uh, give positive vibes to Jeff Dunn, uh, aka yeah. Dentist, who. Uh, yeah, I was gonna get to that. O- not only had a heart attack, but died for five minutes. And uh, you know, uh, I love the guy. He he was so nice to me, man. When when uh, when I met him, and I was you know, the, <laughs> these guys were like, dude. Hey man, I go to, I go to Demolition Man. I go, hey, uh, man, I would love to meet Mantis and, and Abaddon. He's like, walk in the tour bus. They don't care. I was like, really? Yeah, go in there. And I walk in, and, and I walk in with my albums, and and both of them are like, hey, what's going on, guy? <laughs> what fans like that? You just barge into their tour bus like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know? That's fucking awesome. Yeah, and he was so nice. And when I was talking to him, uh, man, you know, Abaddon's more of a jokester. Because, you know, fuck, his autograph is Abaddon fucking cunt. And he wrote, like, not only on my albums, everybody's albums, that's how he signed his autograph. But Mantis was a little more uh, soft-spoken. And when I sat down with him telling him how much Venom meant to me, I mean, he said it so sincere. He said, it's because of people like you is why we do this. And I thank you so much. He was very appreciative and very nice. And, uh, and he's a fucking legend. So, you know... Uh, Get better, uh, Mantis, man. I love you, man. Awesome. Uh, yeah, man. I uh, hope so, too, man. And I hope I get a chance to see uh, Venom Inc., man, because we can't push that album enough. Uh, how awesome. It, it was our album of the year. Like, both of us agreed. And that that's something. When you and me both agree on the best metal album of the year. Uh, but it, 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 what, there was no other competition, really. I mean, it wasn't even a question that that was the album of 2017 and both I've heard it I've heard you play it on your show and I've seen the reaction on the radio show I played on my radio show and you know not only have I had people request it but you know people who said oh I had no idea you know even people who like didn't like old Venom love love Venom Inc yeah so so uh yeah just amazing shit yeah nothing but well wishes for him Hope you get better, brother, and, and please come to New Orleans, man, because I want to see that shit. All right, well, next story. Uh, my personal favorite member of Guns N' Roses, Izzy Stradler. Uh, the, you know, the title of this is a little bit, you know, offers a glimpse into his post-Guns N' Roses life. And basically saying uh, he's happy, and fuck it, he does what he wants. You know, he said his dream was to... Uh, 
you know, make music that connected with other people. And he's done that, even if just those Guns N' Roses albums, you know, cemented his legacy. But he says he constantly writes songs, uh, he travels a bit, and makes the, the most out of each day. And basically, uh, it's nice that he's made enough money because, like we said a million times, he wrote those songs. So that first check goes to him and anybody who has the co-writing credits, you know, whenever you buy this shit. So he's not hurting for money, even though I believe he, he's still not rich enough to afford that fucking Guns N' Roses box set. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and don't get me started on that. God damn it again. Not included a million to one. What the fuck is that? That's not cool, man. I thought you guys were the bad boys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's like fucking Black Sabbath putting out a box set of fucking war pigs and taking off war pigs because it's offensive to Andrew Jacobs' wife. Because she's a war pig. Uh, yeah, that's like Motley Crue re- releasing new tattoo and not putting uh, Treat Me Like the Dog I Am. <laughs> <laughs> that's rough. Oh my god. But uh, yeah, it seems very happy and once again... Uh, you know, says that, uh, you know, he just backed out of the tour because because of money. And, and, and basically, he wanted it split equally between all five members. And obviously, Axel wasn't going to let that happen. So he said, fuck it. You know, if we're not all doing this as brothers, uh, then, then there's ulterior motives and it's not a true reunion. And uh, he get, I have the utmost respect for him for, for bailing out, man, because he could have made a lot of money off this reunion shit, you know, and, uh, but he stepped aside when he didn't feel it a hundred percent. And I got no problems with that. That's called integrity. You don't see that much in the music business, but then again, when you made as much money as he did off of appetite, uh, you can afford integrity. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. You know, uh, there was, uh, uh, I, I haven't talked about this. It hasn't hit blabbermouth yet, but it will. Um, uh, there was negotiations of the original lineup of Thrasher Die getting back together. What? Uh, yeah, but, you know, uh, I wanted more cocaine than the other guys, and it fell through. Oh, there you go. It, your your ego and your nose stopped it right in its tracks. My e-nose. That's right. Well, here's a story that, uh, <laughs> wow, th- this one surprised me. Now, Francis Bean Cobain's ex-husband is suing Courtney Love, claiming she tried to have him killed. Yeah, that, you know, that brings up, like, you know, let's say that's true. And and who's the manager that tried to have her killed? It was the manager of some band, right? No, it was, it was Sam uh, Ludfi, I believe his name. He managed Britney Spears for, yeah, like, a hot minute. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. And, and, and he was known when he managed her to be, like, Oh my God! This is a real sleazy dude. Uh, you know he's not good at what he does, and you know he's very unethical. But apparently, this was the same guy, and this guy is claiming uh, that Courtney Love had men masquerading as police come to his house, and then saying uh, Luffy was there, grabbed his genitals, called him a homophobic slur, and threatened to rape him, and that both him and his mother were injured in the uh, in the incident. See, that's hot when they do that to a guy, but when they do that to a girl, that's politically incorrect and not cool. Yeah, that that that's some me too shit. Yeah. But if you do it to a guy, it's like, 
It's like that's like some YouTube shit. Like you're a bitch, and you just got treated like a bitch, you little bitch. Yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. He, he, he played with your kibbles and bits and held you over the fucking balcony like your fucking vanilla ice, motherfucker. Can you, you, imagine, can you imagine some motherfucking guy on on Twitter putting me too? <laughs> it just doesn't sound right, right? We got it. We're bone, bro. We can, get, I, we can get raped and like nobody will care. I would have loved to have seen his mother crying. Let my take your finger out of my boy's ass. It's not very nice. Oh, what, her, her, his mother's Jerry Lewis? <laughs> yeah. Nice lady. Let go of my boys, kibbles and bits. <laughs> but like, oh my, and all this shit over a fucking out-of-tune acoustic guitar that only knew three chords. You imagine uh, if we're here laughing about the same story, but it's a chick. We'd be banned. <laughs> but we can laugh when a guy gets fucking molested. Yeah, that shit's funny. That's, That's hilarious. Funny. Because if you do, you are a bitch. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you should have fought me. Your motherfucker grabbed my nuts. You better kill me, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, I'm going to pay you guys thousands of dollars. Make sure to grab his nuts. <laughs> kind of fucking demented shit is that? <laughs> I told you to kill him, not grab his nuts. <laughs> and he's also suing for emotional damages because I think he got a hard on when the guy did grab his balls. <laughs> Oh my god! And all this shit, man. It just, man. This this really is a shame of a story, man. Because this is something. This poor guitar belongs to this girl, you know. And this guy is totally doing this for money. And apparently, he he already has the guitar in his possession, and the judge okayed it, uh, because they gave it to him in lieu of him getting any uh, like marital support. You know, because you see this like with Britney Spears' ex-husband. That piece of shit gets alimony from Britney Spears. Boy, there's nothing worse than that. That's fucking lame. You know, you're really you're really a bitch if you're getting paid by your woman. You know, I'm sorry. Well, here, you know, here's also breaking news that uh, nobody knows yet. Um, I'm currently dating uh, Frances Bean Cobain. And nice. uh, she just gave me her dad's uh, used needles. And I'll oh. tell you, if, if shit goes to shit, I'm going to hand it right back over. I don't want my nuts grabbed. <laughs> Pussy. Because <laughs> y'all be laughing. I'll be okay. No backlash. Everybody will be laughing when I write on Twitter, me too. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and related news that Harvey Weinstein's in jail. That shit's awesome. See, that wasn't right what he did. <laughs> Yeah, see, because it was a chick, It right? was a chick. It's not so, cool. So, so it's different. <laughs> when a guy molests another guy, that's comedy right there. But when some dude named Sam Lufty grabs your balls and plays with them, you know, and twiddles them around in his hands, that's just gay. <laughs> yeah, it is gay. But if he does it to me, I'll be like, well, maybe he learned that from Britney, so that's hot. <laughs> yeah. I can see you like, hey, you can at least lick my ass while you're down there, <laughs> you know. Make that's it, you not, know, worth the trip. Ouch. That's what I oh. hate. Does Whitney lick ass? <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. I'd ask him that. And then I'd, and then I'd ask him to sh give me an example. How she <laughs> licks ass. Oh, Lord. Well, I hope she gets that guitar back. <laughs> and, and this guy, I, I don't know what to tell him. He's fucked for life. Because he's always going to be like, 
Hey, you're that guy they play with your balls. Like, oh, leave me alone. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I mean, like, if I knew this guy, every time I saw him, I'd go up and I'd grab his fucking balls. I'd just get, like, a handful of balls. Hey, how you doing? Hey, you look, it's the bitch. me too, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, I got me too right in my fucking hand, you fucking fruit. <laughs> oh, boy. What a bitch. Yeah. Oh, God. Speaking of bitches, uh, if any of you out there have $4.65 million, you can buy Tommy Lee's Calabasas house. It's back on the market because it costs a lot of money to sample songs for your new rap album. Oof. Oh, this poor guy. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate Tommy Lee for being very underground and not coming out with new music. <laughs> Awesome, Tommy. Yeah. I don't know what's worse, having your balls grabbed and everybody know about it or your son beats the shit out of you on TMZ. <laughs> I'll go I don't know. Balls. Yeah. What's with men these days? Come on. He wrote he wrote a song about his son. Can you blame his son for kicking his ass? You heard that song. Okay. What happened to Clint Eastwood and Charles Bronson when yeah. men were men? Where men now you were got men. Now you got guys getting the shit kicked down by their sons and fucking little managers playing with your balls. I can <laughs> tell you this right now. Ain't no male hands ever touch Bronson's nuts. Uh-uh. You'd be fucking dead. That's right. That's a death wish right there. These guys are fucking soft as baby shit. What the fuck is going on here? Good God. <laughs> soft as baby shit. That's our new slogan. <laughs> Oh god, what Soft a bunch of baby shit. And what was it that you called uh <laughs> what was it that you called what whistler? What was it? Cock whistler? What was it that you called Greg Barnett? Uh, pickle whistler. Pickle whistler. <laughs> hey, pickle whistler. And that guy's a pickle whistler and soft as baby shit. Me oh, too, dude. God. <laughs> no, me yeah. too, dude. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day it was uh Fasten a locomotive and can jump a building in single bound. Now it's like, now it's like pickle whistler softer than baby shit. <laughs> you, you know, I heard some somebody grab fucking Andrew Jacobs' wife, but she's so fucking fat she hashtag me three. Fucking fat bitch. <laughs> True story. You know, you know what's playing under us right now, right? <laughs> you know what song I'm playing now, right? <laughs> Oh shit, I think I just fucked up our ABC deal. <laughs> oh, All right. Don't worry, let's just talk bad about Trump, the lettuce. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that always works. <laughs> All right, well, here's something uh, I had some people talking. See what you think about this. Uh, what do you think about the set list? For uh, Iron Maiden's new, what is it, History oh, of the Beast Story? I'm glad you brought this up. Since I'm the I'm the resident Bruce hater here. Yes, sir. Let me tell you something. I saw that footage of Flight of Icarus. Yeah. It sounded so good. It was like, holy fuck. I mean, listen, you fucking live after death tards. This hey, is how he properly me. sang it. Yeah, I'm talking to you. And dude, the way the show starts, it's an actual plane above him. Right. Dude, that shit looked badass. It was fucking amazing. When I saw the footage, I saw. Man, they were good. And what was I saw today? A song that, that I used to love, and I'm kind of like burnt out on it. Revelation sounded amazing. 
I saw that today too, and it was like, fuck, dude. I hope that comes our way. I hope that comes to America. But I was extremely impressed. Now, I will probably totally boycott Iron Maiden. 100%. I don't care if they release another. I don't even give a fuck if they bring Paul Diano back. If those motherfuckers come on this tour in America and drop and drop fucking uh, a flight of Icarus from the set, I was like, okay, I had enough of your hating American bullshit. Because the reason they stopped playing it was because Steve Harris said on countless interviews, we don't play Flight of Icarus because it was our hit in America. You know? So if they're doing this shit in Europe and then come here going, fuck you Americans, we're not playing it. It was like, dude, Paul, don't rejoin them, please. I'm boycotting this shit because they got to keep it. And I love Flight of Icarus. I know it's a hit, but that shit is like, that's a monumental. That shit's as fucking like historic to me as Run to the Hills is to other people, you know? I love Flight of Icarus. It's such a great song. Probably the greatest Gallop song they ever did. And they have many of those Gallop songs. Right. I got a bad feeling, though. You might be on to something. I, I think by the time they come to America, <laughs> That'll be Steve, fucked. Steve Harris is going to come out in a fucking chase shirt and play with Yannick Gears balls. <laughs> Oh, man. While, while they play something off of fucking Virtual Eleven, yeah, you know, no, just a, they'll, they'll just replace a... it with Weekend Warrior. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. One. Yeah, that that fucking set list gonna be softer than baby shit. <laughs> fucking pickle whistlers. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I did. Uh, I, I did like the set list. Uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. Like, there's so many more songs. Um, that I want, but I realize they they are getting old. It is a sixteen uh, song set list, and they are notorious for uh, once they set a set list. Aside from a few here and there, and they have been known to play certain songs in Europe and then change them when they get to America. Uh, you know, but I'm just hoping to see it. I'm actually, I, I I gotta tell you this, man. I'm not a fan of those Blaze albums, but I do love when Bruce sings the Klansman. And Sign of the Cross. I would love to see him sing those. I like seeing that shit. Yeah, I saw a little thing today on our podcast page where somebody put up the video. And uh, some of them, some people said, well, I like the way Blaze sings. But most people are like, ah, Bruce does it better. When it comes to Sign of the Cross, I think it's a dead tie. I love how Blaze sings that one. But I love how Bruce does it too. But Clansman, yeah, definitely I'll pick Bruce over the the Blaze version. Right. Now, you know, my biggest bitch, uh, and I, I think... I think this has got to have something to do with uh, Dickinson uh, because I, I think he's just dead against somewhere in time because he had nothing to do with the writing of any of that. Well, there you go. But, he finally does something I like. But, uh, you know, it's it's like they very rarely play something from it, and if they do, it's always fucking wasted years or heaven can wait. But, but again, I see one, so many people asking for something like, you know, Sea of Madness or Alexander the Great, you know, or something like that. And I really wish they'd throw out, you know, like a, or even the title track would be a great opener, you know, to come out to that. Um, but still, I, this set list is much better than, you know, thank thank God there's nothing from fucking uh, Book of Snores. Uh, you know, I would go see this. I've missed all of the history tours, have never played, like no matter where I'm living, they never come there on one of these you know, where they do the oldies tours. I never saw the fucking, you know, the 
you know, the History Iron Maiden 1 or the fucking Somewhere Back in Time. That or the one fucking, I saw. That was uh, that was probably the best Maiden show I ever saw in my life. Yeah, somewhere Back figures, in Time. you know. I, I've seen Fear of the Dark and fucking Final Frontier tours. That's that's Ugh. the Iron Maiden I get stuck yeah, with. Yeah, I saw the Final Frontier tour too. That was painful. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I really, you know, of course there's always going to be something, but compared to recent set list, I'm happy with this set list, and, and I hope I get a chance. And and this, I would I would travel for. If it's on a weekend, man, I, I'll go to, uh, you know, like if I got to go to fucking Mississippi or some shit like that, because uh, this is a much better set list than, than what I've been privy to. Uh, and I have not watched any of the footage uh, so, uh, but if, if you say he sounds good, I, I think it's great. For it. And the stage is amazing. Dude, that, that fucking plane above him. Right. You know, it's so cool. It was like, wow, that looks fucking bad ass. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Like, yeah, there you go. Made in tards. I'm not bad, bad mouthing your band this week because yeah. when it's good, I'll admit it. I'm not going to sit here and just bash it because I have this hard on against Bruce Dickinson. Guy yeah. sounds great. Sang Flight of Icarus way better than he did on uh, Live After Death. I was so impressed. I was like, fuck yeah, Bruce. All right. Killer. Yeah. Fucking Maiden Tart. Second only to fucking Kiss Nerds. <laughs> yeah. You know, you uh, know, and notice Rush Nerds are like more fanatical than both of them combined, and yet they're very respectful. And they get no pussy. Learn something. Yeah. Yeah. Be humble in your nerddom. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, something we talked about on the last episode, and I don't know if you got a chance to check it out yet. Did you listen to those new uh, Lizzie Borden songs? Oh, yes, yes. I really enjoyed it. It was different, though. Very different. Yeah. Uh, especially that one that was, like, an actual video. Uh, yeah. It was such a different-sounding so- song, but I really dug it. And the lyric video was cool, too. And then I ended up seeing one that came out in 2010 that I wasn't aware of. Like way back then, an eight-year-old song that was yeah. really cool too. Yeah, see, I had that album and I haven't listened to it, but you dug it, huh? Uh, well, uh, the song—I haven't heard the album, but that song was cool too. Whatever it was called, that's the name of the song. Whatever it was called. Yeah, right on. Okay, all right. Well, uh, oh, here's something I'd be interested to see. Uh, there's a new documentary coming out called "The Life, Blood, and Rhythm of Randy Castillo." Oh yeah, that that dude, that shit's old though, man. I remember seeing that promo years ago. Finally being released. I guess so. Yeah, and, I would love to see that. Yeah. And narrated by uh, Lita Ford, nice. who we got to start playing with her. Yep. And I love love him as as a drummer, but I gotta be honest. We pride ourselves in honesty here. And not being soft as baby shit. We're fucking hard here. <laughs> uh, uh, one, of the, one of the worst drum solos I ever saw was was Randy on the No More Tours tour, uh, which was the, you know, the No More Tears. I mean, it just, it went on so long and was so, like, uneventful. But I love him as a drummer. Now, I don't know if I saw, you know, like it was a, a bad night or whatever, or maybe I was just like, there was too much too much excitement in the air that I didn't have the patience for a fucking like ten minute drum solo. But I just remember like, oh god, end this shit already. Play a fucking good Ozzy song. Uh, but I love him on record. I think he's a great drummer. 
Uh, you know, love what he did with Lita. Love what he did with fucking Ozzy. Uh, you know, and well, did he I, record with Lita though? Yeah, yeah. yeah is it, I, I, I think I, so. I believe so. Uh, he's in the videos for uh, "Gotta Let Go" and stuff, but I don't think he played on that album. I gotta double check. I could be wrong. Okay, I thought I, I thought he did. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, you know, and I thought he did Tommy Lee just as well as Tommy Lee. But then again, I don't think too much of Tommy Lee uh, as a drummer. But uh, I think he had the Tommy Lee sound down for uh, new. Yeah, tattoo. I saw I saw Motley Crue with him. Uh, oh, oh, so when you saw the tour, he was drum. You didn't see no. Him. Samantha no. Mahoney. No, okay. I saw it with Samantha Mahoney. She did the tour, oh. but oh, they did okay. a tour before that with the Scorpions. Okay, and you before saw that. Before that album came out, and it was Randy Castillo on drums. Yeah. So I did get to see Randy with, uh, never saw him with Lita, but I saw him with, uh, only with Ozzy and, uh, and Motley. Right. I, I saw him with Ozzy, maybe it was only once I saw him with Ozzy. Once or twice. I, th- I think once. Oof, I uh, Three times. I saw No Rest of the Wicked, Theater of Madness Tour, and No More Tears Arena Tour. Uh, well, you saw Ultimate Sin Tour, didn't you? Oh, that's right. Yeah, he played on that one, too. Yeah, I, I blocked that out. That that show was like getting like uh, molested by fucking Courtney Love's goons. <laughs> nah, that, that was actually a good show. I'm not. I'm kidding. We got, you, open. We, got, we got you by the balls, motherfuckers. <laughs> it wasn't Metallica, unfortunately. Though I did see Rage for Order Queens Wreck, which was awesome, because they opened with New Regal. And they played Knight Rider and The Whisper. And, so I got to see the Rage for Order Queens Wreck, which was cool, but if you ask me, man, I wish I could have seen Cliff Burton. And I, you know, they left oh, for yeah. Europe when they, by the time they came to... And I was very disappointed at the time, but I loved Queens Wreck even back then. And I was like, well, okay, at least it's Queen's right, you know? But Jesus, I wish I could have seen Master of Puppets. Right. But, uh, shit, I was going to say something. I forgot what I said. Oh, uh, but what sucks, man, is is I remember as a kid when MTV always used to show that, uh, the Ultimate Sin, uh, video that, uh, what was the name of that? Ozzy? Ultimate Ozzy? Yeah. I, remember, I remember loving that shit as a kid. And I got a copy from Mr. X. I hadn't seen it in years. And the keyboards drowned everything oh, out yeah, so bad. I was like, uh. but you know what? I was just watching the other day. Somebody put up a thing uh, like it was the fucking 30-something anniversary or whatever of the Us Festival. And they're showing Ozzy coming out on that. And it was the same yeah. fucking thing. The keyboards were so heavy. It was drowning everything out. There's an amazing, I mean, it's not amazing. It's drowned out by keyboards as well, but the there's actual a soundboard recording of the Diary of a Madman tour that I have. I think it was in Nashville. I could be wrong. Drowned out by keyboards. Oh, man. And it's, it's like, like, fuck, man, you know? Oh, God. Between the fucking keyboards and the ballads, fucking Ozzy. God damn it, man. Just, oh, I, I want mean fucking crazy fucking Ozzy. I don't want fucking goddamn keyboards and If anybody ballads. wants to hear that Diary of a Madman soundboard, go on YouTube, type in Ozzy, softer than baby shit. You'll hear that. <laughs> You'll hear that fucking uh, soundboard. Yeah, and Sharon's right behind Ozzy grabbing him by the balls, going, you're doing what I say, motherfucker. Me too. <laughs> Or, or look up the 
the Piggy Jacobs version. Put hashtag me three. That song's playing again. <laughs> Come to my window. All right. Oh, now here's something. Oh my God, this came out uh, when we were doing the show for uh, we were doing the news for last week's episode, which. I want to thank all our listeners, man. We've got a lot of positive uh, response back from that Crocus episode. Crocus, that fucking album rules. Thank you, oh. the guy who donated. Yeah, man. And uh, uh, was that that was James Carruthers, I, I believe, that requested yeah. that. And, uh, and and yeah, man, I was I was worried about that one. I was like, oh, okay, here we're doing an underdog. I hope people check this out, man. The people who listen love that fucking episode. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, but when we were recording the news, like within hours of us doing the news for that, this story came up. I was like, oh, fuck, I wish I could have included this. Because this is just so batshit fucking crazy. Oh, my God. So, Uncle Sweaty Teddy <laughs> is now suggesting that poor diets for children are why we're having these school shootings. Did you see this? No. <laughs> He's funny. He's oh. a funny guy. Oh, my God. It's it's one of those things. It's like, you know, you, you talk about being torn. And, and you know, our, our show has, has felt repercussions of this. You know, people have left the Facebook page because because of my uh, leftist communist views or, or whatever, you know. Uh, you know, and, and I love this man's music. You know, and we've talked about. It. I think I like Ted Nugent's music even more than you do. I, 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 I wouldn't go that far. Well, no, you. You, uh, you know, I said I like you know most of his eras, and you're like, well, I really. Oh love yeah, this. okay. Well, I you, like you know, the '70s stuff more than you. I'm sure. Right, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I like a lot of his. You know, I kind of yeah, I drop off around that damn Yankees bullshit. Uh, besides a few songs, but you know, it, it's it's one of those things. It's like the shit that comes out of this man's mouth, and I I'm like. I, I want to listen to your music. I want to play your music on my show, but it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Shut the fuck up. But, it, you know, in the last two weeks, you know, we had Ted Nugent blaming these school shootings, you know, on kids not eating raw buffalo meat and, uh, and too much fucking Mountain Dew. And, and, and then you had a, a senator who just came out a couple days ago. I don't know if you saw this, Ralph. She is blaming the school shootings on porn. Which really? I, I, yeah, yeah. She she's saying <laughs> saying that the school shootings are a reflection of kids being exposed to pornography on the internet and their smartphones and shit. Hmm. Hey, I got uh, a smartphone. I gotta start looking at porn now. I know. I, I know. I can't think of anybody who has a worse diet than me, or watches more porn than me. I don't even own a fucking gun. Yeah, okay. but Ian, uh, Ian, you know, I, I hate to, I hate to, like, you know, discredit you here, but maybe it's because of your bad diet. Uh, you went off on the Creature of the Night episode that bad. You had something bad to eat that day, dude. I didn't kill anybody. Yeah, you killed me. Oh, God. Oh, oh, oh me too. That's right. <laughs> You're listening to that Creature of the Night episode, I melt into a snowflake. Fucking toughen up, buttercup. <laughs> fucking soft as baby shit. Toughen up, Buttercup. <laughs> Who is that guy? He disappeared. Whoever the fuck said that. 
<laughs> Tough it up. <laughs> Suck it up, Buttercup. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. oh God. Let's see what else. So we got we got anything else? I don't I don't know. Actually, I'm seeing as I'm uh. So I'm going through these. Each time I go to the next page, I see a story from the previous page, which means there's new stories being uploaded. Anything worth a shit? Uh, Lamb of God, don't really care. Uh, new corn. Uh, uh. Hey, come see Head at the Rockin' uh, Pod Expo, too. I'm, I'm, cur- I, I, I'm excited to meet Head. I, I hope... <laughs> meet Head. <laughs> meet Head. <laughs> Fucking Meet Head. Sticks and stones way break my bones, and you're one dumb Polak. <laughs> Little girl, get over here. <laughs> Stifle it, either. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, so, actually, I, I, I think that's about it for news. All right. All right, all right. All right, all right. But uh, we do have an album we're talking about here. Uh, and this one is I uh, for Ryan James. Yeah. Wanted Ryan us, James. Yeah, wanted us to review... Uh, Trouble's debut album, Psalm 9, and this is a short yet hopefully interesting review, but uh, this is a weird review, but we get into it as we get into it, so fuck it, let's get into it. All right, now it's time to review the 1984 album from Metal Blade Records, Trouble with Psalm 9. Yeah. Yes, sir. And this was uh, donated. Somebody wanted to hear the, uh, hear us talk about this. Yes, Ryan James picked this one. All right, Ryan James. Uh, I like people that, that pick shit I like, and he Ian don't. <laughs> Not so much that Ian don't, but as long as I like it. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I could talk about when I first heard this... Uh, I didn't buy this on vinyl back in the day, but I did know about it because a buddy of mine did have it on vinyl. And uh, I, I do remember the first time hearing this was uh, in, in his car because he dubbed it on cassette and then he let me borrow the cassette. And then I, I dubbed his cassette on a cassette. I had one of those dual cassette things. And I totally dug it, man. I was... Uh, I really dug this album, very doomy, and and I was a big fan of Metal Blade Records back then. You know, your bitch, Armored Saint, Lizzie Borden, everything that Metal Blade released was very special, you know, because it wasn't really that hard to, you know, obtain back then. You know, it wasn't until like 86 you started seeing Metal Blade Records make a little mark in, uh, you know, bigger record stores. Back then, Metal Blade was a little, little, little tiny company, and, uh, that I discovered through Metal Massacre because of my friend Yai buying it. And uh, and pretty much everything Metal Blade Re- Records had back then, I was, oh, they're on that Metal Blade, I gotta hear it. So, uh, and this was one of the early ones, one of the early uh, Metal Blade Records. Uh, I don't think they had that much on their roster at this point. And uh, I think everything uh, back then that Metal Blade would release was fucking awesome. And this one's no exception. So, uh, but Ian just uh, recently discovered this album because of the donation. Am I right? Yeah. Yep. I recently discovered. Well, I've always known of the band, and I knew they were a Chicago area band. Uh, but I just never really nobody I knew listened to them. Uh, I don't remember seeing videos on MTV, and I was kind of the opposite of you. Uh, 
when I was younger. You know, I, I've talked about this before. If something was on, like a, a Metal Blade or a Road Racer, I kind of avoided it because I thought, well, it must not be good because it's not on MTV. You know, it wasn't until I got older and started, you know, checking out other shit and realized how wrong I was. But also my taste evolved into the, the heavier stuff that was usually on those independent records uh, labels. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those I never checked out. Even I got their whole discography from Mr. X and still never got around to checking it out. And the self-titled Trouble album is one of the ones, unfortunately, we lost in the great computer crash of 2018. So uh, we, we did a review on Trouble, but this was one that you would also said you would like to do as well. Um, I said it on that episode, actually. I believe, yeah. I believe my pick of the week on that episode was this album. Oh, it could have been. Yeah, I think it was. But, uh, so really my first exposure was listening to the self-titled for the review that we did. And that particular one is an album I probably read the most about because so many people have considered that like a, a perfect album. And there was stuff I liked on it. There was stuff I didn't like on it. Uh, but, you know, you definitely enjoyed it more than me, but I didn't hate it. But it wasn't something that really made me want to, like, hey, I'm going to run out and check some more. Because, you know, there's some other stuff we've done on here that have really, like, wow, where's this been all my life? Like some Armored Saint and, uh, you know, Iced Earth and the Lizzie Board. And those are ones I just, like, got right away. Okay, I'm going to check out some more now. Um, but not, not so much with this one. But this particular album, I'm going to say, spoiler alert, this is the hardest review I think we I've, I've ever had to do. Um, and I'll get into it, and it, it's not this is definitely not the worst album I think that I've reviewed on this show. But this is this has been the hardest one. That's that would be the cure. <laughs> no, I enjoyed that one. <clears throat> you want to talk about a hard listen? Oof. Well, no, I I, feel, I was thinking about that though as, as I was I was like I wonder if this is what it was like for Ralph. But actually, uh, I I think this this is worse because when when you listen to the Cure. You just, you outright hated it, you know? And that's kind of like how I was when we did that REO Speedwagon album you picked. Uh, I hated it, but it was like, it was so funny. Like the jokes wrote themselves and like, oh, I could say this, I could do this. And oh, that's easy to make fun of. Where th this was a much, much harder uh, one to review. And I've listened to this album probably about seven times now. And uh, it never got easier. Damn. Yeah. <clears throat> well, how how old is our donator? Uh, I mean, what does I, he look like? You know, twenties, thirties, forties. I would say thirties or forties. Okay, then that makes a little more sense because, uh, yeah, I, I think you uh, just had to be there. You know, it's one of those you had to be there moments, and you had to be into that scene, that vibe, the the specialty of uh, you know hearing stuff like this because. You know, like, yeah, like you were saying, if it wasn't on MTV and not on a big label, you know, I was, I'd deter from it because it can't be good enough. Where back then, I thought just the opposite. I go, this is too good for MTV and too good for major labels. This is the type of shit that, you know, is is for fans, not for money, you know? People that love metal, not, you know, what's popular, you know? You know, and these guys were, <clears throat> these guys were very unique. Very Sabbathy at the same time, but there, there was a lot of uniqueness to uh, Trouble, and that's what really drawn me 
to this album <clears throat> was, uh, you know, the, of course, the Sabbath riffs, because it's my favorite band of all time. But then they add that little spin to it. They just took it a little more further than, you know, uh, you know, not further musically than Sabbath, because you can't do that. But I'm saying their own style, they injected into it. And I really dug it, you know, and I always pointed at this album as their best until the self-title came out. And I was like, no, no, that's the best one. They outdid fucking Psalm 9. But, uh, all right, uh, why don't you take the first track, Ian, The Tempter? The Tempter. Um, I like the music. Uh, you can definitely, definitely tell the, the Sabbath influence. Um, very lo-fi production, and sometimes that's not a, uh, you know, a deal killer for me. I love the first Iron Maiden. I love the way it sounds. Uh, you know, but I, I think this is a band that that is helped by better production because I think with their style, for me, that self-titled one that Rick Rubin did, I think that was perfect for this band. Uh, just made it sound better to me. Sometimes sometimes the rawness enhances it, but in here, I think it's a deterrent. Uh, I think they sounded better with a little bit of uh, with polish. But I would say the biggest distract detractor here and probably is going to be my main gripe throughout everything is the singer. Uh, I just really, really don't care for him. I love Sabbath, you know, so those, those riffs are great. I don't think they're on nowhere near the same level as Sabbath. Uh, but I don't know, man. You, you really got to have uh, a singer for me. And, and it's not always like he has to be the best technical singer because I like a lot of singers that people consider, you know, very untechnical and, and, and shitty, but they have a certain something to their voice. And this guy just has a little bit of like a, I don't know, I hear him singing, I just think like a screaming witch or some shit. Uh, it, it's kind of like, uh, what's his name, John John Olivia or whatever, the dude from... Uh, Oliva. Oliva. Uh, sometimes I don't mind his voice, and other times his voice can be a real... Like, this is the deal breaker for this song. And I think that's why I've never really gotten that much more into Sabotage, even though there is some I like. Uh, you know, and other times with Sabotage, you know, it was like, you know, the keyboards and the strings, you know, shit they would take really deterred me. But you don't have that here. You just have, like, doomy, sabbath and stuff. But when, when the guy sings, it's like, oh, oh, man, I'd love to hear him. I know I talked about this in, in the, you know, the Lost episode. But now they have Kyle Thomas from uh, Exhorter. And I really need to go check out that album to see if it changes it for me. Because uh, I like his vocals. So I, I need to see you know, if I can appreciate this band better with a different singer. Because I, I think it's just this guy getting on my nerves. But it's not bad. But it's just that's a constant thorn in the side. Uh, I, I, I love this song. Uh, I love the intro. It, it reminds me of the opening scene of The Exorcist. You know, I could just picture that scene of Pazuzu, uh, you know, with that doom riff comes in and with that spoken word, you know, by Satan, then uh, into that thrashy, crunchy riff, which, uh, you know, with the dangers of evils that Sabbath has done before that. You know, Sabbath wrote a lot of songs. Shit, their very first song was a song about the dangers of evil. Uh, then that nasty Sabbathy groove, uh, thrown in for good measure, then repeat the doom and thrashy section. You know, this is an epic on the album and it starts the album, you know, which is a great way to start an album with an epic song. Most bands leave that 
you know, either for the end of the album or the end of side one. So I thought, I think it's a pretty damn cool song. And it's the song that hooked me when I heard it in this dude's car. I was like, wow, this is really cool shit, man. And I really, uh, I really do not have no problem at all with uh, Eric Wagner's uh, voice. I, I really dig that guy's voice. Now, let me ask you, when this came out, uh, you, you know, because you know, they weren't on MTV or anything like that, were you able to find out anything about this band other than, you know, just having the cassette or whatever? Uh, yeah, in magazines, you know. They, oh, okay, they did talk about them? Yeah, they, they were in some publications. I think, you know, maybe Kerrang! talked about them. I do remember reading about them. And then uh, their next album was The Skull. And I actually found that one. This is when, uh, I, still at that point, I have to go to this... Uh, the store called uh, Open Books, which, you know, where I discovered all the gems, like Merciful Fate, Raven, Van Elm Slayer. You know, th that was a store that carried all those, even Metallica, you know. You couldn't find Kill Em All at all the bi big chains, but you can find it at this place. And I found the skull there. Their second album was like, ooh, uh, trouble. You know, I never found Psalm 9 on vinyl ever. So I don't own it on vinyl. I did eventually buy the CD. But, um, I took the skull home and I, man, I mean, I'm, you, you talk about tough, tough lifts. That's one that I never got. And it's been praised a lot, but I'm not a fan of the skull. I didn't like their second album. The third one run to the light was better, but it wasn't as good as this one. But you know, and, and that one I ended up getting for free because they were opening for King diamond on the Abigail tour on that tour. And my friend had a fanzine. And he used to get promos, and he got a promo of that vinyl. So that's how I got my copy of that. But anyway, uh, but yeah, The Tempter is a cool song. Uh, I'll go to the next one, Assassin, which uh, was one of the three tracks they played that that night opening for King Diamond. <clears throat> and, uh, oh man, I love this one. This is pure traditional metal riffage. You know, it just dominates the song with the dark undertone as... This song just beats its way through to the end. You know, Eric Wagner belting out that unique voice, singing about some douchebag that is an insane killer. You know, it's an awesome song. Uh, this, you know, as I said, they played this one with King Diamond. And I remember this was like maybe the second song, or maybe they opened with this. I, I'm not, I can't remember quite vividly. But I do remember this is a song that opened the pit that night. You know, the pit started when, when they started playing this song. And, and, uh, and cool enough, there was a lot of people there into Trouble. Because Trouble was very much an underground, uh, you know, a lot of people dug Trouble, man. And, which was to my surprise, because, you know, when I saw Trouble open for King Diamond, I was like, oh shit, you know I mean? It was fucking cool enough to finally see King Diamond, something I never thought I'd ever see. You know, when I saw King Diamond on MTV, it was like a complete shock to me. Because I always thought King Diamond was oh, never going to be even fucking like be big in the underground much less you know an MTV artist so uh, so yeah it was really cool that Trouble was on the bill and uh, which is also you know unique too because you got the Satanic King Diamond and you got these guys that are Christian and they got along great as I read in interviews and, and such but anyway uh, yeah I love Assassin great song what do you think uh, this one totally reminds me of mid 80s Sabbath this sounds like something could have came off of, uh, uh, you know, Seven Star or Eternal Idol. 
kind of thing. I mean, I know, I know this came out before it, but that's what it reminds me of Rip Rise, more like mid-80s Sabbath than, you know, traditional Sabbath. Uh, this was the single off the album. Uh, they released as a 45 with this and a uh, cover of Cream's Tales of Brave Ulysses, which isn't isn't on the uh, the copy that I got from Mr. X. I don't know if it's on your Oh, yeah, CD. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, you know, because I've never owned it on vinyl, so I'm not sure if it was on the vinyl itself. But, no. yeah, the CD, the CD does bring the song. You know, another thing I wanted, you brought up the point about, you know, them being Christian and, you know, King Diamond being satanic. I think that's another thing that once I heard that kind of put me off. Uh, like, oh, I don't want to hear no fucking, you know, Striper beats Sabbath shit. Uh, but I got to say, like, listen to these. I, I didn't hear anything that sounded pre other, but a lot of times I can't understand what the fuck he's saying anyway. You know, in this song, I can, you know, like, killer, he's a cold gun killer. You, you know, but I didn't hear anything in any of the other songs that sounded like preachy or really Christian rock to me. I mean, do you get that vibe out of any of these songs? No, you know, to tell you the truth, it, it, I did hear it back in the day when I would listen to this. I was like, wow, man, they, these, these guys are Christian. They really love uh, Jesus and stuff. But it didn't really, it didn't do it to me like Striper did. Because, you know, I mean, I, I have no shame. I love Striper. But I, I have said this in the past, uh, you know, every fucking song with, you know, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It was like, and, you know, and I'm not an anti-Christian guy. I'm not a satanic guy. But it was a little bit of an overkill lyric-wise, even though I loved those early Striper albums. Um, but, you know, the, the, the subject matter was a little too preachy, you know, where where you listen to King Diamond and Merciful Fate, it, was, it, it wasn't it was preachy. It was more like, you know, a horror movie. You know, it wasn't, right. you, know, you know, All Hail Satan and stuff like that. It was, you know, it was just so taboo. It was like, ooh, cool, where... You know, singing about Jesus and stuff was kind of like, well, there ain't no horror movie tinge here, you know? And uh, you didn't get a picture of, you know, you can, uh, images in your head of, uh, you know, storytelling, where this one is like, you know, just Bible-thumping shit. But I didn't get that same vibe with Trouble, because I guess the music, um, you know, didn't really glorify Jesus like Striper did. You know, Striper right. just went a little too overboard. I mean, I love Striper more. I, I think their last three Striper albums are the best albums yet because they're not hitting you over the head with Jesus. Yeah, they still sing about it, but it's more alluding to Jesus, where back then it was, you know, you're going to burn in hell if you don't love Jesus. Jesus, I love you. You know, right. so, you know, because, you know, Striper basically was a band called Rock Regimes that wrote a few love songs and they re-recorded those love songs. Instead of a chick, they were loving Jesus. You know, the same songs. You know, Calling On You, all that shit was uh, just Jesus worship where back in the day, they actually were singing about chicks. You know? But anyway, um, yeah, it didn't, I, I realized, yeah, by the time Run to the Light came out and all that stuff, it's like, I was very well aware. And it was also in all the articles I read about them. They were a Christian band, a Christian metal band. But it was, I mean, as you can tell by listening to this, it's definitely not Striper, you know. It just right. has a dark, a darkness to it, you know. Well, I have to say, because I've read a couple things where, you know, they said they didn't like being tagged as that. And that's something Brian Slagle came up with is calling them white metal. Yes. You know, a, a, as a gimmick. 
so I, I don't know if that's what I was expecting, like that kind of, you know, beach over the head shit. But yeah, I, I got to say, uh, it, I, I don't find it with this. There's nothing that really grabbed me and said, oh, God, you know, that's annoying. It's just basically, uh, you know, the singer I got a problem with. But I'll take the next track, uh, Victim of the Insane. Um, this one's all right, but it's, I don't know. To me, it's like getting old already. To me, like three three songs in, and I've kind of already got the sense that this really isn't for me. But yet, there's nothing, uh, you know, that beats you over the head, like how horrible it is. I just really think a case of, you know, this just isn't a band for me, you know. But nothing, nothing offensive. But by this song, uh, not enough variety, and the, the singer's still getting on my nerves. So, uh, kind of already formed my opinion by this one. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. It is a filler on here. You know, I, I love the start of the album, the disjointed drumming to that chugging riffage. You know, the uh, verses has that strange guitar playing going on that makes it quite, you know, pretty unique. Uh, it's definitely a strange track. That's that good. It, 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 I like more um, what happens halfway through the song, you know, where it picks up, you know. Uh, <clears throat> But, um, you know, it, it just keeps on the track. You know, it just keeps going. And it's not my favorite on here. But, you know, I would I would go as far to say Killer Filler. Uh, it's definitely not a song I would skip. It's, you know, part of the glue of this album. Um, but the next one, Revelations Life or Death, this is definitely my favorite on here. Always has been. This is the one that really, really grabbed me. And I was happy they did play it that night. You know, it's a total doom intro that goes into that badass verse with that riff, with the drums that remind me of like, it reminds me a lot of Evil Woman, the, the yeah. cover Black Sabbath did. Yep. You know, but but very different at the same time. I love how the vocals uh, take turns on each side of the speaker and those amazing changes that get better and better as the song goes on. I consider this a masterpiece and one of the greatest trouble songs ever. What do you think? Uh, I definitely, so far, this is my favorite on here. And I don't know if I would call this my third favorite or second, because I got two others that are kind of neck and neck for my favorite track. But this definitely has a little bit more something for me. You know, uh, breaks up the monotony where I find a lot of the first three to be, you know, more of the same. Uh, it definitely has more bounce to it. It has that Sabbath bounce. And I was thinking the same thing, even out of my notes, Evil Woman, you know, the jajun 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 you know. But to me, it, it broke up what they're doing because Doom, to me, I mean, there is some Doom I like. Um, I, I do love St. Vitus. Uh, I've newly gotten into Candle Mass and I've enjoyed uh, what I've heard. But in both those cases, again, I like the singer better. But uh, even Doom as a genre, I find it can be, you know, I need a little bit more variety in my music than the same thing over and over and over again. You know, Sabbath created this shit, but Sabbath did a lot of different shit at the same time. And, you know, it was a lot of times within the same song. Uh, so that's what I think these Doom bands are missing. You know, it's just two hitting the same note over and over again and missing that variety. So that's what I enjoy about this song. Uh, definitely a highlight so far. All right, why don't you take the next one? All right, the next one, we flip this bastard over to Bastards Will Pay. And this one is just okay. 
I've really got uh, nothing more to add. That's why I feel so so bad about this review. You know, it's just hard when I don't have history and there's nothing that grabs me or offends me so much at the same time. I just find it kind of, uh, uh, so- sounds like the rest of the shit. You know, nothing sticks out to me. What do you think? Yeah, this is a, I love this one. This is a pummeling song. More straightforward song here. Lyrics are kind of like war pigs. Uh, still a killer doom section after the solo. And, uh, and that solo, holy shit. I love that solo. Love how the drums in the middle come in uh, to start, uh, you know, this kick-ass twin guitar attack. And the end of this is just amazing. What a riff uh, at the end of the song. It's pure classic in every way. It's a top tune, and this was another one they did play that night. And I do remember, like, this was one that, you know, a lot of people knew uh, in the crowd. You know, they were singing along to it, and uh, it's a catchy little ditty, you know. I dig Bastards Will Pay. It's awesome. Uh, I'll take the next one, The Fall of Lucifer. If you want to talk about a one-two punch, starts outside, too. You know, it's kind of like the sister song of Bastards Will Play. It's relentless. It keeps it fast-paced. Biblical lyrics of how God casts Lucifer from heaven and the warnings to, you know, to those who follow the fallen fifth angel. And uh, what an amazing uh, change in the middle section, too. Badass. That's one thing about this band is the riffs. You know, this is what really, really hooked me. As much as I love this thing, the riffs, to me, are like the best part of Trouble, you know? And it's just badass riff after badass riff on this song, you know? And, uh, you know, and, you know, with a little warning lyrics uh, following into that insane musical section, uh, taking this to like an epic, epic ending, you know? The Fall of Lucifer is amazing, amazing, too. What do you think? Uh does nothing for me does nothing for me it, it's again nothing offensive but nothing great it's it all kind of sounds like the same song i don't know man it's like i don't even have anything funny to say you know it just it's like wallpaper come on man every time somebody falls it's funny <laughs> somebody uh, uh, you didn't hear the, the little there's a little hidden um you have to put, you know, have to listen really good on headphones. In the middle section, you hear Eric say, somebody threw a banana on the floor while Lucifer was talk walking by. <laughs> that shit's hilarious. There, yeah, I, I threw I, a funny in there. All right. <laughs> Better than the song. All right, what do you take the next one? End time. End time. Tied for my favorite on the album. I, I dig this. And this really kind of shows me, like, Maybe it's just this fucking singer that's getting on my last fucking nerve. Because uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. And, you know, as I'm, I'm looking at the track listing while I'm, you know, listening to it, already I'm looking at end time, instrumental, and five minutes long. I'm like, oh, my God, that is going to be a fucking small eternity. Turns out I fucking loved it. Thought it was great. So I really think my problem's with, uh, with the singer. Because this one... This one I would jam. I would I would keep I would keep this song on my phone because I dig it. Got the Sabbath sound. It's heavy. It's doomy, and there's nothing that rubs me the wrong way. I really dig it. Oh yeah, this song fucking rules. You know, and and, and what I love about this fucking band, what I said before, the changes in those riffs constantly. And this song starts off with a million changes. You know, structure wise, yes, it is one of the best on the album. Damn, damn straight. It, it just you know, 
I, can't, I just can't stand still with these amazing changes. One after the other after the other. It's like riffage, riffage, riffage. It's like, holy fuck, this is a riff, uh, you know, godly song. You know, it's, yeah, I love End Time. It's awesome. Uh, I'll go to the title track, uh, Psalm 9. Uh, <clears throat> it's odd uh, how this is the title track. And to me, and I'm sure this is one of your favorites, it's the worst song on here, I think. <laughs> it does have some interesting parts, but I feel it could have been put to better use with more thought-out, you know, uh, structures. Uh, you know, even the religious lyrics that that did not bother me uh, before, they kind of do here. Uh, we are not holy men, but at least we try and stuff like that. It's, I don't know, man. Um it's odd, you know, because usually a title track is a great song on an album. Uh, it's my least favorite on here. What do you think? Well, I, it, to me, it makes perfect sense because it's tied for my favorite track. So that makes me think I just don't get this band because you like a lot more than I do and what you don't like. Well, I do. no, but, you know, if you really think about it, if we take Capole, maybe many trouble fans will think I'm insane. You got to remember, dude, I, I like shit like we are one, you know, True. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm an odd dude. But, uh, you know, you, you said the, the religious uh, stuff bothered you on this. But maybe that's because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tuned out listening to this shit. You know, I'm just like listening to try to get something. Uh, maybe it, it passed me because it, nothing. I just I think I liked it. I liked it musically. And I think his vocals annoyed me less on, on this song. But uh, or maybe I was just excited after end time. You know, it kind of picked up my spirits a little bit. But I, I really don't think that's the case, though, because I've listened to this so many times, you know, waiting for it to, to set in, because, you know, sometimes it takes a while, you know? I, I think I hated Slayer the first time I heard Rain and Blood. Now they're one of my favorite thrash bands of all time. Uh, I hated King Diamond. Now I love King Diamond. voice doesn't bother me one bit. Uh, so I kept thinking, you know, give it a chance. Maybe something will sink in. But I don't know. I just... I don't, I don't think I'm on board for this band, but I did like this song, so there you go. So you didn't, you never heard Tales of Brave Ulysses? Nope, not on my copy. Okay. But I, I mean, I'm familiar with the song. I love the fucking song. Yeah, I, I, I never I, did. I never liked oh, Cream, dude. Really? I never, you, you talk about a band I couldn't get into, and I've tried. Somebody really? gave me Farewell Cream, and boy, that, I mean, I haven't heard the other one. I, the only thing I heard from Cream that I actually liked was a live version of Crossroads they did. That was yeah. it. But, oh, man, like, you know. But, you know, I'll talk about this, you know. Uh, okay. Their cover, you know, I didn't mind their take on this song. And, yeah, of course, you know, I'm, I like We Are One, so I think this one's even better than the original version. But other than the title track, this is my least favorite on here as well. The original version to this song did nothing for me, and, and this is a slight polish to that turd, uh, though the peanut, corn, and uh, and brown are still apparent. Uh, I prefer this version, but timeline is everything. The song line, the song end time on this album is uh, the end time for me on this uh, on, uh, <laughs> on on this album. You know, period, because the last two songs are the worst on here, but. Uh, but, you know, I mean, saying that I like this more than the Cream version doesn't really say much, you know, because I, I don't know. I've heard 
And those songs I've heard of Cream on the radio, it's like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, I'm just clueless when it comes to Cream. See, I, I love Cream, but I'm not a big fan of Eric Clapton's solo. To me, you know, I like Cream and Blind Faith, and after that, you know, maybe some Derek and the Dominoes. Yeah, Derek and the Dominoes, I love that album. Uh, And that was a hand-me-down, and that was, like, the best, to me, the best thing Eric Clapton ever did. You know, it's not just Layla. There was a couple other songs that are so good on that album. I love Layla, though. I think Layla's a great fucking Bell Bottom Blues or something. Yeah, Bell Bottom Blues is another one on there. But, you know, when I think of Layla, uh, the million times I've heard Layla, I still picture that scene in fucking Goodfellas. Right. You know, (laughs) it just fits so perfect during where they find all the dead bodies and shit. It's right. just so well. I mean, that movie's just so fucking perfect that oh, it, yeah. it, it, it like to me it made a it made that song even better. But I've always liked Layla. I always thought that was a cool song, very cool, nicely structured and very emotional. You know, the piano playing on there—it's just beautiful. But uh, yeah, never been a cream or you know Eric Clapton solo as well, dude. Uh, what I've heard because I've never really—I own Slow Hand. And oh boy, I didn't like that album at all. I had it on a track when I was a little kid. Right. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> well, uh, that is our extremely short review of Trouble Psalm Nine. Uh, yeah. Well, I hope you enjoy it. What's his name again? Ryan James. Ryan James. You know, um, uh, we did our best. I mean, I, I, I'm telling you honestly and ian's telling you honestly you know we don't he doesn't have that much of a history i do and i, I think i pretty much covered my history on uh trouble and you know just those days of buying metal blade records and stuff so uh, i hope it was w- worth it buddy because uh, you picked an album i love and i was so happy that ian told me this was picked and I, I'm willing to throw this out here, uh, and I've, I've never, I've never done this before, but I'm, I'm willing to do it for this guy because I really do uh, feel bad. Uh, you're not getting your money back, but uh, <laughs> what I will say is, when uh, when all this is said and done, when we're done doing all the fan episodes, if you want to pick another album, brother, that's not Trouble. Uh, you know, as long as Ralph agrees to it, I'm, I'm game. And also something that we're both familiar with, so that way you can get a longer episode out of us both. Right. You know, so... Uh, right, because I, I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to, to cheat anybody, but we can't fake... You, you listen know. to it seven times. Believe me. Yeah. The guy paid, you know, the guy the guy got his money's worth because if you right. had to sit through this seven times without liking it, I think that's a good yeah. sacrifice. I think this is more sacrifice than we do on donations of albums we do love right you know right both i know i i just i i like to give you know everybody their their money's worth and uh i i guess i just feel unfulfilled so i, I would like to do a solid for ryan there you go all righty well uh now let's go into pick of the week well you don't have no back back information on this album well uh, well it was released march 10th 1984 on Metal Blade Records, produced by Trouble, Bill uh, Metor, same guy that did... Uh, Mentor. Ma- Ma- Mentor. Ma- 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 no, I think it's Mentor. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I know. That guy yeah. did all the Metal Blade albums. Yeah, he did the, the Slayer, and, yeah. and uh, also Brian Slagle was uh, involved in production. Uh, and that's that's about all the, the info I got. All right. 
Okay, you got a pick of the week? No, I'm so unprepared. I do. How about... All right, go for it. I'm going to pick a Black Sabbath album that is widely considered their worst album of the 70s, and, and shit, I, I'd even have to agree. But Black Sabbath is the greatest band in the world, and their worst is great. Uh, Technical Ecstasy. I love that album. I just happen to love Never Say Die and everything before more. But Technical Ecstasy, you know, You Won't Change Me, Backstreet Kids, Movie Part Stand Still, Dirty Woman. I love uh, uh, It's All Right, the ballad with Bill Ward. Um, you know, but, you know, I'm not a fan of Rock and Roll Doctor or She's Gone. But other than those two songs, Gypsy, there's some good shit on that album. I love Technical Ecstasy. It's uh, them trying to change and branch out, you know. And, uh, but you just can't. Uh, keep the awesome away even when as bad as you want to change so that is my pick of the week 1977 76 yeah 1976 technical XC is my pick of the week and just because it's my least favorite Sabbath album of the 70s doesn't mean it sucks it's far from sucks it's amazing I love the album just two songs on there I'm not fond of but the rest fucking rules have you figured out a pick of the week yet? Yes, I have. But I, I just want to say great pick of the week. And there's only one I don't like on it. Uh, uh, well. Rock and Roll Doctor. Right? Maybe there's two. Yeah, Rock and Roll Doctor. I'm a little weird on Backstreet Kids, too. I love that song. But uh, I, I love You Won't Change. Oh, what a song. Yeah, that's the dark horse of the album. Or, or no, what was the one when you said you didn't like? Uh, she's what? Gone. She's Gone. Yeah, I like that one, too. Yeah, that one's a little too... The thing about She's Gone to me is a little too, uh, a little too straightforward for me. You know. Yeah, no, I, I, I can see you saying that. You know. And and it's not Sabbath to me. It's like, it's them trying to do Solitude, and failing at it. Cause Solitude, they, they nailed it on that one. You know? Right. But uh, yeah, whatever. Oh, I miss oh. you, baby. Even back then, when I was a little pussy, that would get hurt when I break up with a chick. Back then, I would listen to that song going, wow, this doesn't make me sad that the chick's gone at all. It doesn't affect me. See, it has to affect me, you know, for it to be a good song. All righty. Well, my pick of the week is a doom metal record that came out in 1984 as well. And that's the debut album from St. Vitus. Ah, great album. Best album, I think. Right. Oh, I, I love it. And I know this, I mean, they're definitely an underground band. Uh, but they definitely got more attention uh, when they got their second singer, when Wino became their singer, you know, with Born Too Late and, and Mournful Cries and so. But uh, as much as I love that shit, man, I, I really love this shit with, with Scott uh, Riegers. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. Don't get racist. <laughs> but uh, I love this one. St. Vitus, White, White Magic, Black Magic, Zombie Hunger. Yeah, Zombie <laughs> yeah. Hunger. I love that one. You know, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things because I've met, you know, I started hanging out with Dave before I ever even listened to the band. So, you know, we became, you know, it wasn't like a fanboy situation. Hey, look, Ian, uh, Ian just did an Eddie Trunk. Yeah. A name drop. A name drop. I know. But, but yeah, I had to go back and listen to him because I'd heard of him, but uh, we were just drinking buddies. And uh, I saw I saw him with Wino couple times and unfortunately i was supposed to see him with scott singing 
and that's when Scott Green was down here, and me and Scott's wife got way too fucked up, and we ended up having to leave before St. Vitus came on, because they always go on late as fuck, and we had been drinking since, like, nine in the morning. <laughs> and so, unfortunately, missed them. So, uh, I hope they do another tour with Scott, because I'd love to see that. Saw him open for the Mentors back in the 80s. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's and, how I uh, discovered them, actually. And yeah, I say, you know, check it out, man. Uh, I think this is a good place to start, even if, uh, you know, if you heard the stuff with Wino and, and maybe it grabbed you or it didn't grab you, check this out, because it's got a little bit of a different vibe. I, li- I, I, I like the first one the best. I mean, I haven't heard them all. I'm a casual fan of St. Vitus, but I heard some of the Wino stuff. I love it, but I'm a bigger fan of the Obsessed. Right, Obsessed is good, and I like Wino's solo work is good, too. He's done some like solo acoustic stuff that's pretty killer. I'll look into it. Alrighty, well now it's time for Fan of the Week, and Fan of the Week, the guy who paid for this, uh, that I'm trying to appease, is Ryan James. Ryan, I don't see you a whole heck of a lot on the the Facebook page. I see you post randomly, but uh, he's been on the page since 2015, and uh, hey, he cared enough to donate, so that's uh, that shows he's a fan. He just might not be a big Facebook guy. But we definitely appreciate you, brother. I, I hope you like this. And like I said, if you're not 100% satisfied, shoot me another request. And when we're done with the, all the fan episodes, uh, you know, we'll take care of you, brother. And post a little bit more on Facebook. If you could. We appreciate it. Cool. Thank you for donating. Thank you, brother. All right. Let's get into the plugs. Ear Pillar the podcasting and interview news site to keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about listen to the rock show with gully and joe go to all the w's gully g-u-l-l-y-a-n-d-j-o-a dot uk 8 p.m uk time 3 p.m eastern the Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. Hey, rock music fans. This is Terrence Reardon of the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. Join yours truly as I look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life. And I'm usually joined by a friend or two or ten. And we talk about nothing but great classic rock and metal. And there's no country or Sammy Hagar or rap on the fucking show. That shit is frowned upon with yours truly. So if you want a great classic rock audiovisual podcast, tune on in to the Terrence Reardon and Friends audiovisual podcast. New episodes every Monday exclusively on YouTube. Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. Tired of your long commute and boring work day? Well, join Brian Davis and his gang of movie buffs as they talk about a different movie subject every week on Damn Good Movie Memories. We discuss movie themes like our favorite movie villains, favorite soundtracks, and worst movie remakes, and much more. 
Check us out on iTunes and Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. From New York. Hey, 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 hey! What up, bangers? From North Carolina. Skitter pal, meow meow. This is Bushy. And the Mountain. Tune in every week for your listening pleasure only on the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. You can find us on Podbean and iTunes. Thank you very much. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... You'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. This is Ian Wadley, Wadzilla from Wadzilla's World. Do you want to hear the greatest, most eclectic show on the internet? Show up for the best in hard rock, heavy metal, classic rock, funk, soul, and anything else I deem necessary. Wadzilla World, only on Cranium Radio, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Be here or be a bitch. Hey there, it's Dr. Fuck giving you the Dr. Fuck Show ID. That's right, the Dr. Fuck Show. Aaron here every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Come in and join the chat room. It's always a great, crazy time. That's right. I've been doing this for years on that metal station, and you will love it. Nobody hates the Dr. Fuck Show. And what I mean by that is if you hate the Dr. Fuck Show, you're a nobody. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, come back next week when it finally the return of some special guests around here. We, we haven't had any special guests. But Vinny Vincent is going to join us next week. And he's got a lot of hot kiss topics. Oh, does he? And, and does I'm he? talking about stuff about Ace and Peter from the 70s. Oh, stuff you've never heard before. And he's also going to talk about his favorite death metal albums. Yeah. That's next week.